You're listening to the Windbuild Sin Podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. Okay, so I'm here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, this is Gabriel Menchaca. This is Windbuild Send Podcast. And I'm with Pastor George Monroy, who's been uh, pastoring here in Praise Chapel, Albuquerque, for about four years now. Um, and he's just going to share what was it like going from point A to point B. Point A being the initial calling, the desire to go out and pioneer and plant a church, to now being out. Plant, he's a church planter. He went out, started a church, started a ministry. And uh, we just want to hear from him and, and see how everything went. So, Pastor George, please just say hi. Uh, just introduce yourself. Maybe give us a little bit of background and, and maybe share about your family a little bit. But, yeah, go ahead. Hey, man. Well, hello, everybody. God bless you guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you for having me on here. It's, it's, it's an honor to be here and speak about, you know, the Lord and all that has taken place. So, so you know, I, I'm, I'm from California, uh, Bell Gardens, California. I got saved in 1988. Walked into the mother church. That, that's the very first Christian church I ever walked into. So, so let me stop you right there. When you say mother church, um, for some people that are listening, they're, they're probably not from Praise Chapel. So can you explain that a little bit? Like when you say mother church, what do you yes. mean? What I mean by mother church is that because of that one church, they started planting churches. It became a church planting movement. Yeah. And because of that one original church, there, there's been hundreds of churches throughout the world now that have been planted. Yeah. And so to me, that's what I call the mother church. Over a thousand. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy over a thousand. And this was churches. in 1988? Na- 1988 when 1988. I first got saved. Walked wow. in there. It, it, back then, it was in East L.A. in the Golden Gate Theater. Yeah. And, and that was my first encounter in a, in a Christian church. I had never been to one. Wow. And it was completely different. I hardly never even went to church, period, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when I went there, it was something different. You know, the Lord got a hold of me. And as I began to to grow inside that church, that mother church, it's, it, today it's known as the Huntington Park, Huntington Park Church. Yeah, Praise Chapel Huntington yes, Park. Yes, as, as I began to grow in that church, I started noticing that, that there was a lot of men there that had been there prior to me. They'd been there already, and, and they had been discipled. And I started realizing that these men started believing that they had a call upon their life. Mm. And they started gearing their life towards answering that call. And what I mean by the call was that they felt that God had called them to go out and start other churches. Mm-hmm. And this was new to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm in church and I'm watching these men and, and they're, they're planning on, on leaving that church to go start their own churches. And so it was interesting. And in my beginning of my salvation, I, I didn't want nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a family. I had five children. Five children. Five children, brother. <laughs> so, so my, and I had a great job. So my goal, my priority in life was to take care of my family, to raise my children. That, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to go out, get, get a good career, um, have, have finances, take care of my family. And, and what I saw was that a lot of these men that were going to go start churches, they were quitting their jobs. They were starting all over, and in my mind, that didn't register. Yeah. I said, no, you know, I, I have a family. I, I, I can't do that. 
Yeah, maybe it was lack of faith, lack of trust. I don't know what it was, but that was the direction I took. Over the years, five years, ten years went by, and I started realizing that these same men that, that had taken that leap of faith were, were starting to establish their churches. Mm. God had blessed their decision, decision to go out and do a work. Some of these men had already planted other churches. And so I started realizing, wow, you know what? What they did, God honored it. Mm -hmm. And so as the, then I started thinking, well, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll do the same. But, but right now, I'm good. I'm at the mother church. I'm, I'm in ministry here. I'm doing work here. I'm fine. I stayed in the mother church for, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 18 to 20 years. I stayed in the mother church. And what were you doing during that time? Were you serving in ministry? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was involved in all aspects of ministry. Okay. A, a little bit of everything. You know, we, we did Bible study. We did Bible studies for like 15 years. Who were some of your uh, your friends at that point in time? Well, let's see. We, we had Pastor Woody. When, when I first walked into church, Pastor Woody was the assistant pastor. Okay. Then, then we had Pastor Phil Hernandez. Yeah. I remember he became an assistant pastor. Pastor Raymond Figueroa was there. Uh, Pastor Fernando Villacano was there. So you, you um, hung out with these guys, or were they just kind of like in ministry leadership? Or? The, the, these were men that when I came into the church, they were almost on their way out. Oh, okay. okay. But I got to know them. I got to gleam off of them. Yeah. You know, they imparted into my life. And, and that was just such a blessing to have these men that were about to step out to be pastors become, you know, an influence yeah. in yeah. my life. So even now, you know, uh, I've been saved now 29 years. Even now, I, I still, I'm grateful for what I learned from these guys. Right. And just watching their life, watching their ministries. It's been awesome. So, so, so then uh, you, you got to learn from these guys. And then what about, did you have like, uh, who would you have considered like your, your homies, like your friends that you joked around with, that you spent time with? Like who were those guys? Yeah. Okay, well, pa Pastor Joe Naranjo. Yeah, Jonah Naranjo, Jonah he's, he's pastoring. He's in pastoring in Tucson. Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. Okay. He was a really good friend of mine. Pastor Bobby from Warrior Center. From Warrior Center. Yeah, from Warrior Center. B-Lo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, brother B-Lo. He, he was a good brother. Uh, Gilbert Hanks. Gilbert Hanks, yeah. yeah Gilbert yeah. Hanks, we grew up with him. There, there's quite a few in there. Okay. Uh, that we just hang out and... So so then you're, you're hanging out. These are your friends. But uh, those are the guys who are helping you and this and that. Uh, so you're in the church about 18, 20 years, you said? Yeah. Maybe, and so at yeah. that point, you have heard about the idea of church planting, the call of, of pioneering, like like these, was it exciting for you? Was it something that was just like, eh? Or was it like something, you know, like, what, no, was, what did it no, mean to you? I, 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 I knew it was hard work. Mm -hmm. I, I knew it required giving everything up. And, and at that time, I had an awesome job. I, I was making great finances. You know, I was a homeowner. I'm raising a family. I, I was not I was not thinking about, you know what, I want to give all this up to go start all over again. Yeah. So so in my opinion was praise God that they're doing it better, <laughs> better them than me. Yeah. You know? I, I was happy there. I, I saw myself as a pillar uh -huh. in the mother church, uh -huh. uh, an elder in the mother church. That that's that's that was a function and the role that I played there. Okay. And, and I was happy with that. I wasn't volunteering to to go out and start a church. Now let me ask you yeah. this. Do you think, okay, so you're in the church, you hear this, you see it going on, and you said like you felt like your role was different, but let me ask you this, do you think church planting, pioneering, even this type of ministry, do you think it's for everyone? 
No, 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 no. Not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you know what I believe? I believe that that church planting, pioneering, becoming a pastor. I, I believe it's a call of God. Yeah. I, I truly believe it's a call of God. Yeah. Now, now I know that there are some families or or some men that will try to position themselves for the opportunity to church plant. And it can be successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot more effort, you know. But I, I think that when it's a call of God, that, that you have no choice. You have to answer that call. Yeah. And when you answer the call, God is right there waiting for you. So then, and then oh, that's a good segue to go into the, the, the part about you actually getting ready to leave. What I remember is this. I remember you retired because you were in the roofing industry. Yeah. And you retired um, and you started, was it day trading? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so explain that, that, explain that a little bit. About, explain that to me. Okay. It's not that I was tired because I. I, I was, no, no. I, I retired. You oh, retired. Oh, retired. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so then you retired. Yeah. And you got into day trading. You, explain you, that. The, the the thing is this: I've always been financially geared. Okay. okay. Meaning that 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 I've I've always um. Finances has always interested me. I had my license to sell stocks, bonds. Okay. Uh, mutual funds. Uh, I went. And, I went and studied all that. I was selling that. So, so that the financial sector kind of called me. Okay. Because I, I always figured that I used to have a mentality. My mentality was that 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 if a man has less than ten thousand dollars in the bank, and he has a family, he's broke. Hmm. He's broke, man. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You have an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna need money. Yeah. So, so I've always had that mentality. As a matter of fact, before I, before I actually moved to Albuquerque, just in my bank account, I had a, I had over eighty thousand dollars. Okay. Just saved. Now let me ask you: Is it ten thousand per kid? Or was oh, it that'd 10, be nice. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just okay. figured ten thousand. Okay, I figured 10, yeah, you gotta yeah. have ten thousand. If you have a family, that was my attitude. It's not that no more. Yeah. Before I used to think that that if you have a family, and you have two three kids, you boy, you better have ten ten grand put aside. Just in case for anything. Yeah. That was my attitude. And, and the reason was is because uh, the, the Lord blessed me with a great job. Mm-hmm. And money started coming in. And I learned to save the money. Yeah. Then, then, then I started getting into Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I took all the courses. I became an instructor for, for Dame Ramsey. Yeah, I think I remember you did the financial yeah. piece. Yeah, I did all that. Yeah, HP. Did, yes, yes. Yeah, I think I remember that. So, so I, I gleamed a lot of his teachings where, where he teaches you to save, to to. To control your money rather than your money controlling you. Right. So so I've always been that kind of a guy. And so one day I, I came across uh, day trading. I had something brand new. So I said, wow, this is interesting. So I went to school. I went to school for a couple years. I, I, I learned the art. I learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would be at home just moving things around, moving money around, trying different things. And so that is a very interesting subject because here's what happened. I fell in love with it. Mm. It, it. It actually became my number one thing in life. Getting up in the morning, running to the computer, turning. I had three screens up and put them up and then started seeing what the financial sector was doing, what was up and coming, and just started trading, moving money around. And what happened, it became my God. Mm. It really did. I, I noticed that my heart was just consumed with that. But let me let me pause for a little bit and kind of back up a little bit. So you retired from the roof roofing industry, and with with that job, were you making good money? I was making over a hundred grand. 
So you're making six figures a year. Yeah. So then you go into day trading and are you making the same amount? No, 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 no? not okay. even, not even. I was barely starting. Okay. I was barely starting. I was, I was a newer beginning. Um, just to say this though, the only reason I quit my job was because of the Lord. Okay. The Lord just kept, kept impressing on my heart that I don't belong there no more. Yeah. That, that's when the Lord had started dealing with me about going to Albuquerque. Okay. So you see, what happened was I, I, I heard the whisper, Albuquerque. And I'm like, <laughs> the whoa, whisper. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where'd that come from, you know? <laughs> and, and then as time went on, the more went on, I just kept hearing Albuquerque, Albuquerque. And then I started hearing these, these voices just calling me to Albuquerque. <laughs> and at first, well, I didn't pay much thought to it. After about a year, you know, I kept hearing it. And I'm, now I'm starting to explain, I don't know what's going on, but I keep thinking about Albuquerque. You know, maybe God's calling me. And this thought went on, I would say, for about two years before I, I finally heard God clearly. And he told me to go to Albuquerque and start a church. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I've never been to Albuquerque. I don't have no family there. I have no business there. Um, what am I going to do in Albuquerque? I got this great job. I'm, I'm, I'm set. I'm semi-retired. Why am I going to leave all this to go start all over again? So, so my initial response to the Lord was, no, mm -hmm. find somebody else. I'm, I'm fine. And so this was an argument we had, me and God, for a while. It actually, from the first day I heard Albuquerque to the time I came to Albuquerque, it, it was anywhere from seven to eight years. Wow. That, that I was just, it was marinating within me. And, but, and during this time, the seven to eight years, you had already retired from? No. Okay. So no, you, no. I was still working. Okay. I was still working. I was still doing my thing. And I didn't want to quit because I was making great money. Yeah. You know? And so, but the Lord kept dealing with me all these years. I, I would be in my office and, and the Holy Spirit will walk into my office and say, what are you still doing here? Mm. I told you, move. Wow. I would hear things like that. You know, one, one time I heard him say, you're spinning your wheels. Wow. <laughs> you, don't belong, you don't belong here no more. I would hear stuff like that. And, and man, it was messing me up. So I got to the point where even though I was making great money, and, and in all honesty, I loved my job because I had already gone through the ranks of being a laborer mm -hmm. to basically just running the company. Mm -hmm. So I was not up on the roof anymore. Yeah. You know, I was not doing the hard labor. I, I was doing the, the, the selling, the everything else that has to do in the admin part yeah. of the company. So I, I was on easy street. And, and even when I remember when I quit, everybody told me, why are you quitting now? After all these years of, of working your way up the ladder, now that you're set, now you're quitting? It doesn't make sense. Even my boss told me that. you know. And, and my answer was this. I said, man, I have to obey God. Mm -hmm. Because if I stay and I don't obey God, my life's going to be miserable. So then you, you quit the roofing industry, you get into day trading, and then what happens from there? Meanwhile, the whole time the Lord is telling me to go to Albuquerque. Okay. So here's what happened. In the, in the day trading, the Lord didn't bless that. Mm. I heard him speak to me quite a few times to tell me, I didn't take you out of that. To bring you into this. I called you to go to Albuquerque. So, so the Lord just didn't bless that, that movement of going into day trading. 
And, and I remember crying and telling the Lord, you know what, Lord, you, you know I love this. You need to take this out of my heart. I'm willing to surrender it all, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so as a, in a process of time, little by little, the Lord just took that from me. Mm. And, and, and it didn't matter to me no more. Yeah, I didn't care. I still had a bank account. I still had money. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to stop doing all this. And, and then I really started paying attention to the Lord. And so the next thing the Lord started doing was get ready to go. Mm. Start making plans. Start gearing yourself to go to Albuquerque. Now, deep down inside, I was still arguing. I, I remember one time we and the Lord got into an argument in my living room. I think that was the last argument we had. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the living room. And the Holy Spirit is heavy upon me, impressing upon me to surrender all and move to Albuquerque. And I remember that day, I, I, it got loud. I, I started comparing. I said, why, Lord? Why me? Mm-hmm. Why, do you, why do I have to go to Albuquerque? I remember telling him, I said, you know what? There's already pastors out there. You already have churches out there. What do you need me for? I don't want to go. I'm, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. And so I remember waving my, my arms up in the air and just being point blank and asking the Lord, why me? And this is what I heard him tell me. And then this is as clear as day, man. We're having that argument. And he told me, because I chose you and there's people out there that are waiting for you. Mm. I heard that, man. When I heard that, I just broke. Mm-hmm. Right there in the living room, I broke. I, I, I got on my knees. I started crying. I started shaking and because and, and, the presence of God was in the living room. And, and I told the Lord, okay, Lord, forgive me. I repented. Mm-hmm. Forgive me, Lord. I'll, I'll do whatever you ask. My life is yours. And then, and then after that moment, that's when I told him, what do you want me to do next? I'm ready to do this. And that's when quitting my job came in. That's when he told me, okay, next thing is go quit your job. Wow. And I just got up, went. Did it, but before I quit, I told my wife. This was a process of time. Yeah, I told my wife. I said, "Babe, the Lord called us to go to Albuquerque to start a church. I'm gonna quit my job, and we're gonna go." Boy, that flipped her out. <laughs> that, that scared. The you mean daylight. she didn't want to leave right that, away? <laughs> yeah, that scared the daylights out of her, man. Yeah. This is her first question: Is what are we gonna do? How are we gonna live? Where are we going to get money from? What's going to happen? No, no, no. So she got scared. Yeah. So my next reaction to her was, okay, you know what, babe? I'm not going to mention this again until the Lord talks to you. So I went back into my prayer closet and I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I already surrendered. I'm ready whenever you are. But now you need to talk to my wife. Mm. And I just left it at that. I never brought it up again. I just stayed silent. I never brought it up. And, and it was probably a while, a few months down the line, maybe five, six months. And one day my wife comes up to me and she says, it's going to be okay, babe. And I looked at her like, what? What's going to be okay? She was us going to Albuquerque. She said, the Lord spoke to me and I know it's going to be okay. The minute she said that, I called my pastor. I said, pastor, we're ready. So we met with the pastor. We got together. We made the plan and, and, and we came out here. So how, so in, in all of that, you saw God really challenging you and you, in a sense, um, I don't want to say you submitted to the will of God, but you, you definitely had to align yourself. Mm-hmm. So then you come out here 
and and everything works out perfectly or no no it did it perfectly okay it it, it worked out perfectly so then you got here you guys got here you got settled in uh in in one sense what would you say to somebody who uh would want to pioneer or go plant a church um i know that we talked about being sure of of the of the call of god the will of god uh, but say, but say someone has this desire and they're yes. just unsure. What would yes. you say to somebody like it's, that? Th- that? That's a good question because I, I have the answer. When I came out here, and when people ask me my story, I would always say that I ran from God for about eight years, from the first time He told me to the day I finally got here. My perspective of this was, I ran from God. I was being disobedient. And then one day the Lord corrected me. He said, no, you weren't. He said, it took me eight years to get you ready. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I heard that, here's what I realized. That from the first day that God told me to go to the day it actually happened years later, God was already working on the inside of my heart. He, he was taking away my attitudes. He was taking away my mindsets. He was taking away my prejudices. He was, he was doing a work on the inside of me. And he was giving me a pastor's heart mm-hmm. without even knowing it. Yeah. Because when I came here, even though I was a brand new pastor, I was fully under God's God's anointing, under God's leading. I had been saved 20-something years. Yeah. So, so I may have been new to pastoring, but I wasn't a new man of God. Right, right. See, God had already seasoned me. So when I came here, man, my heart was ready. And then I thought about it and I said, if I would have came sooner, there still would have been some aspect in my heart that was not ready. Mm-hmm. You know, or it was something that maybe I hadn't released to God yet. Maybe some undoubt sin or undoubt attitude that would have hindered yeah. me here as a pastor. So, so the Lord, it, it took a while, but He dealt with me. He cleansed me. So, so my suggestion to somebody that has a desire... Is really that man? Just just to really make sure that your heart is fully dedicated to the Lord, you know. No no selfish desires. Yeah. No no selfish desires. I didn't have a yeah. I didn't (laughs) didn't have a plan. I didn't have. Here here's what I told my wife. I said, you know what, babe? As long as you and I are together, and God is in the middle, we can live anywhere in the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. And so we came here fully knowing that we were in the perfect will of God. And then there's a peace. Yeah. There's the peace. You walk in that peace yeah. and you're just confident yeah. that you're in the right place. Yeah. You're doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And here's a confirmation because when I got to Albuquerque, I got here on Thursday. I had been applying for work. And, and as of so far, I've gone to, I flew out here to Albuquerque a couple times prior to that to apply for jobs. Nothing happened. And so the day came because I told my wife, we're leaving in September. September came. We didn't have a job. Um, in the beginning of September, we didn't even have a house to live in yet here. Hmm. And so my wife asked me, what are we going to do? Are we going to postpone? I said, no, we're, we're going to go. We have money set aside. We, we can rent a hotel and live in a hotel until we establish ourselves, find a house. Yeah. So, so two weeks before we flew out here to move, my wife found a house online. We rented a house and, and so we were set. We still didn't have a job. I had gone to a bunch of interviews, but I still didn't have a job. We got here on Thursday. Friday, I got a phone call from one of those jobs. 
They said, hey, you know what? We, wow. we, we, we want to hire you. We want you to be part of our team. Would you be ready to come work for us? This was the next day uh, yeah. after getting yeah. here. They said, can you start work on Monday? I said, I'll be right there. And the job was at the Albuquerque Rescue Mission as a chaplain. Wow. So the Lord opened a huge door as soon as I got here. So that showed me that God was waiting for me. Yeah. How he just provided the house two weeks before we got here. He provided his job immediately. And so here, here's how I knew it was God too because I had a meeting with my family. It, this is September mm -hmm. 2013. And I told the family, I said, you know what guys, let, let, here's our strategy. We're going we're gonna to lay back September, October, November, December where we're going to establish ourselves in the city. We're going to get to know everything before we do any kind of ministry. You know, let, let's establish ourselves here first. Okay. And so the plan was, and I even told my pastor, we're not going to start to anything until January. We, we need those few months to, to adjust to Albuquerque. So because of the job that I landed, the Albuquerque Rescue Mission is a Christian organization. Mm -hmm. A lot of chaplains, a lot of pastors, a lot, a lot of Christian folk walking through there. When I walked into that, that place of work, I immediately started meeting people. Mm -hmm. Like the Lord just started bringing people my way. And I met this lady that, that her husband had just been murdered. Mm. So he was involved in some bad stuff and they had murdered her husband. But she was starting to have Bible studies at her house. So she invited me over to her house to have a Bible study. This was like within the first week. So we went over to her house and she had a little group of people and and uh, they allowed me to share a little bit. And then after that, from that little Bible study, we ended up coming over to our house, opening up Bible study within two weeks of being here. Mm. And immediately, I, I think our first Bible study, there was like eight or nine people that showed up. Wow. Two weeks. Yeah. And then from there, it just happened. It just flowed. The, the plans about waiting till January, yeah. it didn't even work out. <laughs> What we ended up doing is we, we went to Walmart and, and we bought a 10 by 10 pop-up tent mm -hmm. and we took it to the roughest neighborhood in Albuquerque, the southeast part of town. It's, it's called the war zone because that's where all the action is. That's like the south central of LA. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we the Lord took us there. We put up that tent, 10 by 10. We found a piece of cardboard and with, with, the, with the marker, we put prayer mm -hmm. and we just posted it right there in the street corner, one of the busiest street corners around. And we just started showing up, offering free prayer. Yeah. Free prayer. And before you know it, people just started coming. Yeah. We, 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 we strategically placed it behind the bus stop. So people would get off the bus and they'd walk right into the prayer room. And so after a while, I mean, we were having a constant group of about 10 to 15 people that were there all the time. Yeah. And after a while, people would ask us, hey, where's your church at? I said, it's right here, brother. Yeah. This is the church right yeah. here. And we were having some Holy Ghost time, man. I remember my son Matthew would take his guitar and we'd just play guitar, worship. And then and, and we'd be in a prayer. We'd, ho we'd hold hands and have a group of people praying. And before that prayer ended, other people would have already broken that chain and walked into that prayer. Wow. So we'll start with like eight people and we'd end with like 10 or 12 in that prayer group. It, it was awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It was awesome. So what, that's when we know it was God. What would you, what would you say... Um, this, this podcast is called Win, Build, Send. And so to kind of close it up, I want to ask, how do you explain and what does that look like to you? Win, Build, Send, Evangelism, Discipleship, Multiplication. What does that look like to you? Well, well the first part about wind, 
is is the way we we know the church is supposed to be outside of the walls mm-hmm. okay the the building that we gather in is just a building we are the church individuals as a congregation we are the church well, we could be in the Walmart parking lot and be the church well, we can be at the park and be the church so so one of the easiest ways in my opinion to win is to take the church outside of the walls and and go out into the community and and begin to to share the gospel and there's many ways to do that like you guys do with the tent yeah with the tent is yeah. one way you know there's many ways to do that you can have a concert you can do anything but the thing is is to take it outside into the community that's how how you win yeah okay and so the the beautiful thing about that is once you win somebody over my experience the majority of the families that came into our church were messed up. Mm. They had issues. Yeah. They, they were borderline divorced. They, they had addictions. They needed a lot of work. So, so the first couple years being here, my role was just trying to keep them saved. Trying to keep them coming back to church. I did a lot of late nights driving to people's homes. Just maintaining their salvation really helping them yeah during the hardest parts that was part of building yeah yeah i wasn't discipling yet it, nobody was being discipled i was just trying to keep them from killing each other from divorcing each other trying to keep them to come back next sunday so the first couple years was like that mm-hmm. um after a while the people were out of the fire and they were doing a little bit better now they started becoming regulars on sunday they started coming that's when discipleship started. Mm-hmm. Once they were able to, to receive discipleship. Before it was very hard to really implement some serious discipleship into their life when, when they were not living right. Yeah. You know? So the first thing was, you know what? Treat your wife right. Treat your family right. So, so yeah, it was just a matter of, of keeping these families plugged into the Lord. Yeah. You know, so, so after, after the, the curve... Then I was able to sit down and begin to impart, you know, discipleship mm-hmm. as far as how to be a man of God, how, how, how to operate in the church, how, how to do different things. So little by little, we started building these couples. We started releasing them little by little to be ushers, you know, to, to be greeters, to, to do outreaching. So we started building them in that sense on how to function within the church. But the main part was building them on how to take care of their family. Yeah. That, that was number one. After that, we're, it's just a matter of releasing. Releasing them and whatever their call is. Now, I understand not everybody's called to be a pastor. Right. But, for example, we have an awesome worship team. Because the families came in, we released them into their gift. Yeah. And you're not on the worship team, right? No, I got kicked <laughs> off. I got kicked off a few times on the worship team, man. As a matter of fact, we started a Spanish service and they kicked me off that one too. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, but you know, when building sin, you win people over to the Lord, you, you walk with them, you, you, you build them. And, and not, you, I think you don't necessarily build them for ministry. You build them to to be good, solid Christians, you know, righteous yeah. individuals to to love God. Uh, I had a guy in our church that all he wanted was ministry, and I told him, I said, "Brother, don't worry about that. Take care of your family. Be right with your family. Be righteous before the Lord. Live yeah. right for God. And as you do that, ministry is going to come. Ministry will find you. Mm-hmm. You'll get to the point where, hey, I don't want no more ministry." 
because God will just see your righteousness and then he'll bring ministry your way. Mm. But see, what happens is if, if we focus on building them up for ministry and we forget about the righteousness of the soul, then, then that's that's off, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You know, for first things first, get, get right with God. Live right for God. Treat your family right. You know, be an honest man before the Lord. Would and, you encourage other pastors? Like, because obviously you were in the church. Your pastor said, let's let's send you out. Let's let's release you. Let's let's get you out. Um, would you encourage other pastors? Maybe someone's listening to this. They're not from Praise Chapel. What would you say about when we talk about multiplication or church planting? Like, would you say definitely do it? Or would you say no? I have a... We, we've only been here three years. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to... April will be our fourth year. Okay. My desire would be to have five churches planted within the five years that we were here. Yeah. So so my my suggestion would be, my advice was definitely plant churches. Yeah. I mean, it just, man, it's just such a feeling, a, a satisfaction knowing that you're, you're, you're multiplying, you know. And not only that, but also there, there's people in our church that they'll plateau. They'll get to the limit where this is all I can do in this church no more. And, and, and they need to be challenged. Mm-hmm. They need to be challenged to step out and go do even more for God. Because there is people in, in the churches that have the calling, and we might as well release them. It's, it's, it's just like when, when you win somebody over to the Lord, that is an awesome feeling. That mm-hmm. is an awesome feeling. When you meet somebody, you talk to them, they, you pray with them, you see them crying, and you see the Holy Spirit coming upon them. Man, it's, that, that is, that's addicting. It's a beautiful feeling. Well, imagine fa- getting that same family, building them up, and then releasing them to go out and be pastors or whatever God has called them. I would definitely suggest yes. Yeah. Do it. It's- All right. Pastor George, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Right um, if you want to just give a shout out to anybody. Well, praise the yeah. Lord. Shout out to Praise Chapel <laughs> Fellowship. <brother. Yeah>. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.